What's up, everybody? It is reaction time. Matt and I just finished watching this Providence Butler game and just don't really have words at this point. Um, what a win without Al Durham. Still find a way to close it out. Come back down 19 at one point in the second half in this game. Just, it's incredible what this team has inside of them. So we're going to review that, touch up on the Villanova game a little bit, and then preview the final handful of games in the regular season. All right, let's go. What's up, guys? Welcome to episode 16 of the Frytown Pod. This is uh, one of our few immediate reaction episodes Matt and I have done. We just concluded watching the Butler game. Game got over probably about 20 minutes ago. And, uh, wow. Like, I, <laughs> I cannot believe they came back from that game, Matt. I mean, down 19 with about 15 minutes to play. And as we were speaking on the phone, uh, prior to recording here, like they just absolutely dominated uh, the final, you know, 20 minutes of that game, including overtime. Oh, yeah. I mean, I would say from the 15 point mark down, it was all PC, but they were, they played like the worst team in the country for the first 25 minutes. You know, that, that was, that was a brutal first half. But, you know, the, their numbers were so terrible. You knew they, it wasn't very sustainable. You know, I didn't think, I'll be quite honest, I didn't think they were going to win the game. Um, but I also didn't think that they were going to get blown out by 19, like, you know, with their largest deficit. I was thinking maybe they'd lose by 5 or 10. You know, um, but, you know, I give these guys a lot of credit. I give Ag Pooley a lot of credit. But, you know, I, they, they came back and they got themselves in a position where they were able to play their game, pound the ball inside, send the guards to the basket, Get Nate the ball. Nate was what, 10 for 15 from the field or something like that? Yep. So, I mean, that's all you got to know about this team. Um, w one thing that really <sighs> made this game a lot closer than it should have been, especially down the end of the game, free throws. Bynum is free throws left and right. You don't see that happen. He's a very good free throw shooter. Aaron Thompson, uh, last I knew he was 6 for 6. I don't know if he took any more after that. He's a 55% free throw shooter this year. You know, Reeves was missing uh, missed a couple free throws, I believe. I could be wrong. I think Horkler may have. I know Watson missed at least two or three. You know, the, the free throw shooting was terrible. I think they shot, what, 55%? Yeah, so um, if the Friars lose this game, I think the big story is free throws down at the end. They go 12 for 24 as a team, so an even 50%. And um, – you got Manaya going 0 for 4, Watson for 5, Bynum, who you said is a good free throw shooter, right? I mean, he's over, you know, 75%. He only goes 6 for 11. Um, and they were and they were at very important times, obviously, the Bynum free throws in overtime. Manaya missed um, three in a row. Remember yeah, Manaya yeah. hit on three? I, honestly, I thought that three was going to go in, too, and it didn't. But he missed all three, three free throws. Now, you, you know that Manaya is not a bad free throw shooter like that. 
you know, look, nobody's Durham on this team. Nobody's really Durham in the country. But you expect Manaya to hit. You know, a decent possibility of him hitting all three. And he's definitely going to hit at least one. Yeah. You're hoping for at least two there, considering where the, um, you know, the circumstances of the game. I think they were still down like four at that point. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. So even if you hit one, it's a one position game, right? But just to come up empty there and the possession right before that, uh, Nate gets a decent look at the basket. He can't finish and then he misses his two. So, or it might have been like two possessions before, but like nonetheless, I mean, you have five free throws in a row in the final minutes and you miss all of them in a tight game. I mean, you know, if I told you that was the story, you probably wouldn't think PC comes away winning this game, but um, they, they, they were the tougher team. They were the more veteran team. Yeah, they hit clutch shots. No Horkler. AJ Reeves can't hit shit all game. Bynum didn't have a single point in the first half. Yeah, he ends up with 18. Yeah, and uh, I think 13 were in the second half, you know, before overtime. And you, you knew PC really came alive when Bynum hit the layup, and then I want to say it might have been PC's next possession after that, or a couple possessions after that, he hit a three. And when he hit that, that was a deep contested three. And when he hit that, you knew, okay, you know what? The team actually might have something in them today that we haven't seen. And after that, then AJ hit one, and then AJ hit another shot, and, you know, Horkler was hitting them here and there. And the team looked like a team that was able to hit the open shot, and that's when PC's at their best because Watson was just eating them. He was eating Golden alive, uh, Enzi alive. They couldn't. They couldn't stop Watson. The thing was, Watson was kicking it out in the first half. Bynum was driving and kicking it out. And guess, these guys were wide open. They hit the shots. No, nope. and Horkler, you saw Reeves. Um, you know, it, it it wasn't looking good in the first half. It was not pretty. I mean, the only guy really hitting their three pointers in the first half was Andrew Fonts. Yeah, right. One for <laughs> one. Um, yeah, that binding three was huge. At that point, PC's down, you know, seven or eight with, you know, probably like six, seven minutes left in the game, whatever. And, um, man, that was just like a crazy shot. I mean, that was just so huge. He misses that shot. Butler comes down and they can make that a double digit game. Um, really kept it close. And you're right. I mean, as we were just speaking about before, too, it's like it's crazy. This team started out like what, one for 10 or something from three? Yeah, one for 10 from three. Yeah, they end up shooting. They end up shooting a respectable 36% on the game, 9 for 25. So if the numbers are correct and they actually started out 1 for 10, that means they finished 8 for 15. As we noted, you know, AJ hits those two huge threes. Um, At the end of the half, Noah hit a couple big corner threes within the last, you know, eight minutes or so of that game. Um, He almost hit another three, right? I mean, the the game tying shot right at the end. uh, JJ Taylor. And what's he shooting from three? Do you have that? Uh, Taylor, well, he went one for two today. Um, let's see on the season. Of course, it's not loading too well for me. Uh, 33% shooter. That's why I figured 33, 35 around there. Yeah. So, I mean, he's capable of hitting the open shot for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was that was a very good look for him. Butler goes five for 13 from three. And uh, they – from the free throw line, 15 for 21. You know, and go ahead. No, just I was just gonna say, I mean, what a 
what a way to clamp down in crunch time. I mean, you, you really felt Al not being there, especially at the free throw stripe. I mean, you know, I mean, Manaya, his free throw misses come off, come off of a, you know, a three point attempt. You know, it's not like you had driving to the hoop trying to get whistles at the end, but uh, with, with a lot of those free throws being bricked, you definitely felt the absence of Al. Oh, absolutely. I mean, they definitely need him back down the stretch. And if that means sitting them, sitting him against Butler and only win by one in order to have him good and ready to go for Villanova for the last game of the season, you take it. Yeah, you're not not too many news have come out of the injury, right? Like you and I have been you know, doing what we can to follow it, but yeah, we've been there. history for a couple of weeks now and you know, this was the first game where he, you know, missed time. He was a game time decision in the DePaul game and you know, there was no news about it really in the Villanova game. Obviously, you need Al on the floor if you want a chance to beat Villanova. Uh so we'll see. We'll see what comes out. I mean, they were very they kind of kept this thing tight today. I, I read earlier in the week that he was – it was more likely than not he wasn't going to play today. But before, before the game, I didn't see his name on it. And I was like, oh, shit, Al's playing today. I even texted you. I'm like, Al's playing today? And, and of course, you know, right before tip-off, uh, the official news breaks that he was out. So we'll, we'll see about this week. Uh, two home games against Xavier and Creighton. Uh you know, you feel like you kind of need him for those, but listen. Well, you need you need Durham to be healthy, and he hasn't been practicing. So you know, you, with that being said, you kind of knew he wasn't going to play today. And against Butler, who would guess right? You know, uh, they didn't need him today. Now, do they need him in order to not give everybody heart attacks? Yes, <laughs> but they still managed to get the win. And at the end of the day. Uh, 22 wins on the season, that's what matters. Yeah. Um, so they are, what are they now, 12 and, 12 and 2 in the conference or something? Am I, am I right on that, 12 and 2? I know yeah. Elvis played like three more games than us, so it's going to come down to percentage points at the end of the year because essentially it's basically just PC and Villanova that can get the top seed. Um, I think there's like an outside chance that maybe like Creighton or UConn could. Or UConn, I think, because I think UConn's three right now. Yeah, so, um, but. And then I think it's Creighton, and then I could be wrong with that, but I think it's Creighton and Marquette. Yeah, those are the top five. Um, so, yeah, that's basically PC Nova. And to be honest with you, there's a very good chance it's going to come down to that final game of the year, um, who gets the regular season Big East title. Oh, yeah. You know, well, there was one thing I did want to talk to you a little bit about was, did you watch the Villanova game yesterday? Did you have a chance to? Uh, I, didn't, I didn't watch it. I followed it. Gillespie, I think he only had nine points. He wow. had 33 against Providence. Now, yeah, not much of an encore there. Damn. <laughs> right. So when you think about Gillespie having 33, say he still goes off for a well above average game. And he still has, say, 25. PC wins that game. Oh, for sure. Yeah. You know, Reed's three goes in, and Croswell doesn't make that mistake on Slater. We let Slater slip behind him. And then he followed him when Slater got the basket. 
right there. PC wins that game. I'm sure you remember the breed, the breed three I'm talking about. Went in and out. Went about 99.9% in. Just didn't continue. Mm-hmm. That point. And just PC had their opportunities and they just couldn't pull it off. But that being said, Villanova is a very good team. PC is a very good team. And I think that the last game of the season, that's going to be, that's going to be a real good game. And, I to tell you the truth, I think PC could win that game. There hasn't been any team that they played against this year that makes me think, no, they, they don't have a chance. Yeah, I, I agree with that for sure. Um, it's going to come down to that last game most likely. I mean, unless PC just puts up like one heck of a stinker of a week and, you know, drops both at home, which, you know, I think at the least they will split. I mean, you got Xavier who has just been – um, it's like they have an anchor attached to them. They are just sinking and sinking fast in terms of their record and where they were at the beginning of the year, right? Like when conference play starts, even a few weeks ago when you play that game at Xavier, Xavier's a ranked team. And now they're not even – I mean, they have a sub-500 record in the conference. I know that. I mean, when I was looking at the standings today, I think they're like eighth or something in the conference because we stated the top five and then I think it went Seton Hall, St. John's and them. Um, they just, they literally just showed the graphic at the end of the game too, of the Big East standings. I don't know how I don't recall it exactly, but you get Xavier and then you get Creighton and um, we have, Cre- the big one. yeah, we have a Creighton Marquette game going on right now as we speak. Uh, last it's time I- 34 with about five and a half minutes left in the first half. So that would be a good one. Um, you know, not not obviously not an easy last three games here for PC, but, you know, you win two out of the three, especially if one of those two is in the head-to-head against Villanova. And I think you see Providence as the one seed going into MSG in a few weeks. But we'll see about that. Just to give you some numbers on this game, uh, Nate Watson led all scorers with 22 as Matt said before, 10 of 15 from the field. So extremely efficient day from Nate. And um, I know the analyst... They didn't have anybody that could even play him a little bit. No, the, every, the analyst alluded to this, but he was right. I mean, first first few possessions of the first half, they went right to him, four points. Same thing with the second half. First two possessions went to him, four points. Same thing in overtime, went right to him. And um, it seemed like he was basically getting anything he wanted today it was very very efficient game from Nate and um his field goal percentage should be higher because that was I know we you know call out bad refereeing and stuff and it wasn't you know necessarily terrible today but the absolute day was that wide open dunk that he had that he was just absolutely hacked on and that's fine if you want to say that uh the defender there forgot who it was got a piece of the ball Okay, well, that means it's Providence's ball. They totally blow the foul, and then they give the ball to Butler when the ball goes out of bounds. I mean, that was just... Oh, you watched the replay on that. Oh, he and absolutely. He's, right, if he didn't have red marks on his arms before, he definitely had red marks on his arms after. Yeah, his right arm was mauled there. So, um, that was... Nate Watson doesn't miss dunks. No, that was egregiously bad. I mean, <laughs> that's what I mean, like, from... from Watching it in live time, I was like, okay, maybe he actually, like, bummed that dunk. 
I assumed he got fouled, but I was like, maybe he did. And then they showed the replay, and it is like clear as day. I mean, if you're a referee, the referee's sitting there right under the basket. It's like, how do you not hear that slap on the arm? <laughs> it was literally like open palm forearm. Like, come on, man. Like, need to be a little than that. And at the time, you know, PC's down by double digits, and every possession at that point was huge to try to make that, you know, as close as you could going into halftime. And I think it ends up being, what, like a 13-point game at halftime? But... Right. I mean, since we're talking about the referees, which we probably shouldn't do, um, this is going to be the last thing I say. And I'm not sure whether or not to give him credit on this. What about Goodine driving to the basket, going baseline? They call it offensive following Goodine, then they reverse it. Where was the offensive following Goodine? Yo, <laughs> I remember texting you when that happened. I was like, really? <laughs> like, really? And they went into commercial break right after it, but you could kind of tell right before they cut the commercial break that they, like, overturned the call because the fans started booing and stuff. But it was like, <laughs> you're right. I mean, I think it was, like, Golden or something um, that was attempting to draw the foul. And it was just, like, the, the ref, like, sat there for, like, a good, like – five, six, seven seconds before, like, he even made up his mind on the call. Like, he whistled, he just sat there and stared, and then, like, he made the offensive charge uh, motion. And then, thank God, uh, one of the referees had a brain because he came in, like, right away, and he was like, uh, yeah, no. <laughs> Did you see what Kyron Cartwright tweeted? T- today? Today. About no. a half hour ago. No, I didn't, see, I didn't see today. The difference in this game, Drew Fonts stepping up and making that three, and energizing the team with communication on defense. That couldn't be more accurate. Yeah, he gave them a jolt at the end, and he had that. You know, the, last, the last couple of minutes of the first half was yeah, you know, PC. And then they came out flat in the second half. Yeah, I mean, they were getting buckets out of the half, and you were like, okay, the offense woke up, and then they couldn't get a freaking stop on defense for the first few minutes. And it's like, holy shit, this thing got to 19 points. It's like, what? <laughs> like what just happened like 19 and then of course you know chip away chip away chip away you get that thing down to single digits for the last few minutes and you know you start pulling within a few possessions and we have ourselves overtime and you know and PC just life. does their thing and grinds it out and, and you know Ed Cooley for years he's talked about grit and grind this might be the complete epitome of it I got to say something like it is just mind boggling. I don't know what type of switch flips or, you know, I've watched (laughs) all freaking 25 games this year and I still don't understand how every single game this team comes up and puts up a stink job on offense in the first half. Not the Villanova game. They played well on offense throughout that whole game. But 90 to 95% of these games, it's the same story. They put up a, a stinker in the first half, and they somehow come back and grind out these games, and it's like... And you know where it all starts, right? It's, it's just defense. It all starts with the defense. See, in the game, the first half, Nate wasn't getting out. He wasn't getting out on the guards, and... Uh, he was he he just wasn't going all the way out, and they weren't. And then they started going out and and pretty much double teaming guards, and making them making their young guards find guys. And it was taking time off the clock, and then they were just switching, just rotating. 
And that's what PC was doing really well, you know, the first 20 games of the year. And then yet the last game against Villanova, they did an awful job. The first half today, as bad if not worse. Sinfully bad. But then Nate started getting out on guys in that pick and roll. And uh, that's that's when PC started making their run. Yeah, defense and offense, right? I mean, I, I just don't know what it is, man. Like maybe it's, you know, obviously today it's Bynum, second half, he's just – able to penetrate so much better in the second half, right? I mean, it seemed like every time he was going to the hoop in the first half, he was turning it over, getting blocked, whatever. And I don't know if it was, you know, Butler defenders getting tired or a little bit more lazy or whatever the hell the case was in the second half. But, I mean, he was just – Well, they called that foul on J.J. Taylor that may or may not have been a foul. And from that point on, well, you know, when Bynum's going to the basket, uh, they said he could bind him on the arm. To tell you the truth, it looked to me like it was a clean block. Um, but from that point on, it seemed like Bonham could just get to the basket whenever he wanted. Yeah. And then obviously, you know, he's hits a couple threes there and stuff and, you know, really gets himself going in that second half. But um, it's not – it's not a re- – I mean, listen, it's been working all year long. It just scares the living shit out of me come tournament time. The just putrid first halves offensively, uh, essentially on a a nightly basis when they play. I mean, or, you know, almost every game. I mean, that just – I get it. The grit, the grind is just – you always just think like, okay, this team only has so many of these – comebacks in them but then they they go and they do it every game it's it's wild it's wild i've never seen of all my years watching basketball i've never seen a team professional nba that can consistently win the way that they do at the clip that they win at it's amazing it really is yeah they're and these are different type of team these are good teams, by the way. I know Butler isn't a great team, but I mean, we're talking about a very good conference, a conference that's probably going to send. Butler's not bad. They're just in, a, in a, the best conference in college. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about a conference that there's a good chance uh, seven teams are making the tournament. I mean, look at St. John's. Like, they're even. Well, right now, right now, seven teams would be in. And I'll tell you the truth PC, I think, has a legitimate chance that eight teams in. And when I say that, I mean, I think that anybody, I mean, probably not Georgetown. But anybody else really could just go and win the Big East tournament this year. Like it's a real threat. Yeah. And, you know, uh, you have seven teams that are just in, then you have that eighth team that, that wins the Big East tournament, and well, eight teams are in. I mean, I've never seen that, have we? Uh, I think even, um, I mean, St. John's is extremely hot right now. I mean, and we just saw them a couple of weeks ago take PC down to the wire. And, and they and just blew out Butler. Yeah. And they had a great win on the road. They were seven and a half point underdogs against Butler the other day. I mean, against Xavier in Xavier the other day and handled them extremely well. And they're just hot. And if they can, you know, close out this season, winning all their games and make a run in the Big East tournament, I mean, that St. John's team is a team in March that could win a game or two with us. They're, they're, they're very top heavy in terms of their talent, but you can win games like that. I mean, it's basketball, right? I mean, it's a one-on-one. It's a lot of one-on-one stuff. I mean, (laughs) 
just is what it is. I mean, they're a scary team. And honestly, like, I don't really want to run into anybody in this Big East tournament, especially when you're talking about, like, oh, it's tough to beat a team three times in a year. Well, you know, a lot of these potential first-round matchups that PC is going to have in the Big East tournament, they've beaten these teams twice. Right. Right. Um, and, and something to add to that, you know, right now, uh, St. John's is seventh in the Big East right now, but Xavier would be that seventh team. So, because of overall record, Xavier is seventeen and nine, and St. John's is fifteen and eleven overall. That being said, like you like you pointed out, the way that St. John's is playing, they could and and that's going to basically be a home game for them too. Well, should be home games for them basically at the Garden. Um, and they you know. Anything could happen. Anything could happen. Yeah. Uh, a bigger storyline, not really related to the Big East, but may partially be related to Ed Cooley to some degree anyways. Um, Juwan Johnson. Juwan Johnson. Juwan Howard, rather. Oh, yeah. Did you see that today? Yeah, that was an ugly scene. Yeah. You know, he's hitting a guy. You can't be your yeah. coach. You're hitting a guy. Seriously. I mean, you lost. And, the- the- and this is why Ed Cooley was their first pick. Over Howard, because Cooley's actually a class act. Yeah, he would never do something like that, ever. Never, never. And you know they they're losing the that kid uh, Zeb Jackson, and uh, that's got to partially be partially because of Howard. You know that that school's going to get a ton of guys. They always do, just based on the name. But you really have to start questioning: Is Howard actually a good coach? Is he actually a good role model? Is he the, really their future? I'll tell you one thing, though. I hope that when the day comes that they do decide to move on from him, if the day does come, I hope that the guy they try to go after again is not Ed Cooley because I want Ed Cooley in Friars Island for life. Oh, of course. I want him setting all the coaching records, <laughs> like everything. Um, yeah, Michigan, bro, they were like a top 10, 15 team at the beginning of the year, and now they're kind of like – a borderline bubble team. Like they're not even guaranteed to make the tournament at this point. So obviously they are nowhere near living up to expectations. And, you know, like I don't follow them religiously. Um, I follow college basketball outside of the big East to be quite honest with you, but um, I don't know if it's injuries or what the hell is going on wrong there, but that team is definitely not living up to expectations. They got smacked around today at Wisconsin and you understand, you know, motions bubbling over, but I mean, we're not, going to sit here and start smacking opposing coaches in the face because they called the timeout at the end or however the hell they explained it on the broadcast. Right, that was just disrespectful and not okay on any level, and I hope that he gets a necessary, necessary um, punishment. Oh, yeah. He, he most certainly will. I w- would assume he's probably going to be suspended. Probably. Yeah, for- he has been suspended multiple games. Or he's Going to be. Yeah, for like the remainder of the regular season or something is what I would assume. And he should be. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. To break down some rebounding for you, though, for back to the fire game, Corkler and Manaya both have three offensive rebounds apiece. And I believe that's as many offensive rebounds as Butler had total. It is. Yeah, they had six total, Butler. So even though in the first half PC was missing a lot of shots, you know, they were they had their opportunities. Ultimately, the first half didn't make the, a complete difference. Um, but, 
you know, if it would have been nice, I have had to go to another overtime. Yeah, um, just uh, kind of clean this up here. We'll give you guys some box score numbers. Um, AJ was two for ten from the field, but his his two field goals were both threes, and they were the the two biggest threes of yeah. the day, really. Hey. Um, <laughs> On the last pod, we said he's going to be hitting some big shots in March. Well, I know March is you know it begins next week, but uh, he started it today, man. I mean, he was ice cold, and for him to hit those two threes. Uh, we just, I mean, you, you don't you don't win this game without them, right? I mean, if you really want to look at the free throw numbers, Horkler was two for two from the line. Manaya was zero for four. That's a little concerning. Watson was two for five. That's a little concerning. Bynum was six for eleven. That's concerning. Uh, Reeves was two for two. That's that's PC's free throw shooting uh, today. And and for Butler, Golden was zero for two. Enzi was two for four. Uh, Chuck Harris was three for four. Hodges was four for five. And then Aaron Thompson was six for six, like I mentioned toward the beginning of our podcast. And, and that just didn't make any sense to me. That's just bad luck for PC. Bad luck. And these guys, these big time, supposed big time professional sports writers, they can talk about luck all they want. And they can have the Ken Palm readings and all this and that, talking about how PC is so lucky. That's not good luck. Aaron Thompson, over six for six from the line. He's a fifty-five percent free throw shooter coming into the game. Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, it was nice for PC to have a little luck on their side, right on that Manaya three, close to the end there. That you know bounces up off the backboard, whatever. In, um, I was like, wow, like <laughs> we actually got some like bullshit to go our way. Damn, like, but yeah, uh, Watson leads with twenty-two points. Bynum's the second highest score in this game, 18. Uh, he, he knocked down a pair of threes. Um, Horkler, 15. So 55 of their 71 points come from those three guys. AJ had eight. Right, and Justin Minaya played 44 minutes ahead of the 45 in the game. Yeah. We, we were and talking- Bynum played all 45. Horkler yeah. played 40 or 45. They needed it today, man, with their depth shot and Alan Breed getting four fouls in 12 minutes. So that, you know, obviously kind of kills your guard depth there uh, when he's picking up fouls at that kind of extreme rate. Right. Um, then you see Goodine and, you know, he's not – he didn't do anything in his three minutes. And then you have Fonts who made, at the time, probably the biggest play of the game when yeah. he had that rate. And he only played two minutes, but his impact was extraordinary. No, oh, you're right. I mean, it's even getting those guys a few extra minutes, right? I mean, it gives whoever comes out a little bit of a rest, and you do it right before a TV timeout or whatever, and you get that kind of like extended break for whoever it is. And, you know, listen, I know they only play a combined five minutes, but um, basically everybody that pops up in the box score today, they needed everything they got from them, literally. Like, you win a game by one point. So, <laughs> you know what? At the end of the day, a win's a win. PC advances to 22 and three. Butler is now 13 and 15 overall in the year. Um, and, you know, like I just said, a win is a win. You're not going to argue with that. It doesn't matter how you win as long as you do win. No, you're exactly right, man. Uh, so, we have coming up this week Xavier on. Um, 
the 23rd. So that's three days from now. What is that? Yeah. Tuesday. Xavier Wednesday. Uh, Wednesday. Creighton senior night. Uh, late late start. I think it's an 8:30 Saturday. I think it might be seven Wednesday, and I think Saturday is an 8:30. So uh, plenty of time for uh, <laughs> the Friar faithful to go out and uh, get their pregame on, and you know be rowdy by tip off there. No, one thing for sure is PC needs to win against Xavier. They need to lose. They need to beat Creighton. They can't afford to lose any home, any more home games this year. They only have two left. Yeah, and I don't know. Um, I'll try to check it real quick here. And obviously, you know, we touched on this before, but that last game is, you know, the Big East regular season title is most likely going to come down to that last game. Right, uh, and, you know, Villanova and UConn on Tuesday, huge game. They're going to be at UConn. And that right there, I'm not sure the line's out yet. No, I don't think it is. But Villanova's favored by uh, 55% in that game, according to ESPN. Yeah. Um, the couple couple and, points right there. Right. And, you know, UConn beats them, and PC's got a good shot. Oh, if, if UConn beats them, that gives PC a lot of wiggle room, right? Like, even if Providence loses – um, it's it's weird how the schedule is because Providence, Providence, that final week of the year, they're not a – that's not a two-game week for them. Like, they play Villanova in the middle of the week, and then they're done after that, I'm pretty sure. Um, Villanova still plays after they play Providence. So, um, if – obviously, if – Yeah, they play Butler at Butler. Yeah, Villanova loses – that game at UConn, PC's really in the driver's seat. Like, they could even lose that game at Villanova and still have a pretty good chance. Like, if they sweep this week. Now, if Villanova wins that game at UConn, I still think Providence would be able to split at home this week. And as long as they win that Villanova game, they would be crown champs but it's it's really weird like we'd have to sit here and actually like do the math and figure it out and you know maybe when Matt or I do that we'll kind of like tweet out the scenarios here because it's just weird like Villanova's gonna end up playing two or three more games than Providence this year and that obviously screws up all the percentages and shit like that like you're gonna have the same amount of losses but they'd have more wins stuff like that so PC's ahead exactly. now uh, PC's ahead of now one in the loss column. So that's just kind of what you got to keep in mind. As long as they stay ahead by a loss, they will finish in front of Villanova. But if they both teams end up with the same amount of losses, Villanova is going to finish ahead of them because they'll have more wins. Right. So if, just to wrap it up here, if the season ended today, you would see Providence, Villanova, and UConn all having buys. If as of right now, so the top the top five teams get buys. Oh, I'm sorry, Creighton and Marquette as well. Then, yep. Which would mean that you'd see Seton Hall and Georgetown, you'd see St. John's and DePaul, and you'd see Xavier and Butler. Of course, right now PC still remains in first place, so you'd see PC and either DePaul or Georgetown. Most likely. I like that. (laughs) 
Yeah, like, I, I'll take. And DePaul's a good team. Yeah, but they played their they played their really good game against us already. I feel you know what I mean. Like that was that was their chance to put PC away this year. Well, they didn't have Liberty though. That's the thing. True, true. They did that game with uh, without JFL. So, and the way that PC's been playing, I don't know. <laughs> you know, it's it's going to definitely be a tough game. No, I mean you'd love to see Georgetown, obviously, but I don't think I honestly don't think either one of those teams would win. I don't think Georgetown would beat Seton Hall, and I think St. John's would beat uh, DePaul. I think you which would, would, which would have PC up against either Butler or Xavier. Butler Xavier, yeah. Ooh, that is a tough first round draw, man. Especially at a one seed. I mean, you're not. This is a different animal this year. Big East. I understand the Big East has been respect uh, disrespected for a few years, and it's been a very deep conference for a few years now. But this year, especially, man, it is wow. There is only like there's only one really shitty team in this conference, and that's Georgetown. Like other than that, man, like having DePaul be in your second worst team in your conference is is pretty exceptional as a conference. Oh, absolutely. The three and thirteen in conference. Going into the Big East play, they were uh, nine and nine and one. Yeah. That right there says that says an awful lot about the poll, and it also says an awful lot about the Big East in general. Uh, that you know, in the month of November, they let's see, they uh, they beat Rutgers. That's who it was. Who, by the way. Yeah. By three to Rutgers lately, but they are knocking down ranked teams left and right. <laughs> right. Ron Harper Jr., he had 19 points and 11 rebounds. He was four for eight from three in that game. Now, Rutgers is a good team. They've, they've beaten some teams this year and they're going to continue to. Yeah. They yeah. also beat Louisville, who I guess is having a down year, but still, it is Louisville. Louisville at that point in the season was six and three, I believe. Yeah, a lot. Since were six and three, a lot of Big East teams had very um, good non-conference resumes, and obviously they just kind of ate each other. Obviously, the lesser teams sank, but who knows? I mean, freaking Georgetown wins the Big East tournament last year. I get it, weird year, but it's like <laughs> you don't know, man. Yeah, you never know. So. They're talking about on the television right now, uh, Michigan and Wisconsin right now, and they're talking about the fight. And it seems like, you know, they just showed the replay again. It really seems like Jawan Howard, he's he deserves to really pay the consequences. Yeah, like we said, it should be at least the remainder of the regular season, and who knows, maybe even the conference tournament. And uh, these are big games for Michigan, right? As we said before, they are not guaranteed to be making the tournament at this point, especially if they continue to slide. So imagine, imagine being a coach, a head coach, former NBA player, a new coach in in the you know for the school that you played at and have a great reputation in, and, and, and a beloved guy, and going and, and, and striking an assistant coach for another team. Yeah, and there was a late time alcohol. Yeah, if you haven't seen the video, um, it's him and uh, the Wisconsin head coach Greg Gard, um, 
kind of drawing at each other. And then there's a bigger scrum, a lot of people meeting, but there's still no physical altercation. And obviously Howard's the tallest guy in that group. And he just reaches over everybody and just like an open fist, almost like he's like clawing the guy in the face, uh, just pops him really with an open hand. So uh, not very good optics there for uh, <laughs> the Michigan head coach. And of course, Hunter Dickinson, uh, big big guy that PC was going after a couple years ago. He had 21 and five in that game. Johnny Davis had 25 points, 11 for 17 in the field to go along with six rebounds and three blocks. And Michigan loses by about 15 points around there. Yep. Not a good look, man. Not a good look. All right. Well, we have uh, anything else you want to say before we uh, send this off to the the week at home here? If you've listened to, if you're listening to this, feel free to tweet at us, message us, let us know how, you know, give us some feedback. Let us know how you liked it. Um, you know, we're, we're definitely looking forward to meeting you guys at the games at some point over the next couple of years. You know, we only have a couple more games left this year. Um, and thank you for your support. We really appreciate it. Yeah. We have some, some of you have reached out to us and uh, on Twitter and, you know, give us your stamp of approval. So, you know, we, we just appreciate that. And we like to know that people are listening, obviously, you know, on our little app profile here, we can see how many people are listening and stuff, but uh, just, it's nice to connect with you guys. So good plug there, Matt. Uh, Good, good job. And uh, all right. So Xavier Creighton this week, man, huge week. Matt will be there. Go, go, go see him. Go say hi. Hit him up on Twitter. Frytown pod. Of course, Nate won't be there though. I won't. I won't. The Creighton tickets are sold, and uh, I'm, I'm about to with the Xavier. I was kind of holding back selling the Xavier game right now because if they won today, I figured people would be going a little bit more crazy, you know. Maybe make a little bit more bread since I got absolutely robbed of the Villanova game. <laughs> I don't <laughs> want to say how much I sold my tickets for because the amount that they went up to was essentially triple what I sold them for a couple weeks ago, but – at that time, I was just kind of desperate because I knew I was moving, and I was like, I got to get rid of these things. But, uh, wow, it's definitely going to be a packed house. I mean, ticket prices are very expensive for both games this week. So um, it's going to be a Villanova-esque atmosphere. Obviously, I wasn't there, but from the things I heard, um, it was borderline insane. <laughs> Let's just say that. So big week ahead, three regular season games left. We'll probably come back to you guys in about a week after these uh, next two games, these two home games, and maybe talk before the Villanova game or after the Villanova game, whatever. They have, you know, three games in the span of a week or so. So we'll definitely get back to you guys before the Big East tournament, regardless. All right. So for Nate Carrero, that is my co-host, Matthew Shaker. Good job, Matt. And for the As always, Nate. Yes. FTP out, baby. Thank you, everyone.